FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snicked. Hear that? There's a snick back there. <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, Jason Venable, and April Showers brings lots and lots of Wolverine comics. Like, a ton. <laughs> we're, uh, we're not quite to mid-90s level, but we're getting closer. <laughs> Wolverine is in a lot of different places in April. And we're gonna gonna talk about all of them. So, yes, and Denise asked if he was being a social butterfly. Denise, who will not be joining us this episode, but we will get her back soon. Um, she is actually in the middle of something pretty exciting, getting ready to start a new job. Um, and with that, of course, comes the mad dash to to close out some projects for her old job, which. She's maybe being a little too nice, but hey, it's probably the, the professional, mature, responsible thing to do. So I am supporting her in that. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but no, it'll be a much better situation for her and our family, so we're all very excited. But uh, once that kind of settles down, we'll have Denise come back. Though there may not be a whole lot left to talk about since uh, it looks like X23 is potentially getting the can. Um, <clears throat> I just flipped through the solicits for the end of the summer, and conspicuously absent is uh, X-23. So I don't know. I haven't heard an official confirmation of a last issue. And it doesn't mean it won't start up again, maybe after uh, Hickman's X event. It may just be taking a hiatus, and maybe making a uh, creative change. I'm not sure, but... um. It doesn't appear that it is going to continue into the fall. So, that's a real bummer. <laughs> but I'm still waiting for any kind of announcement on a new ongoing Wolverine series, which is not... I mean, he's been back he's for a while now, and nothing really in the works as far as the ongoing solo book. Um, now, I did see... And take this with a grain of salt. It's just me trying to read between lines that may or may not even be there. But I did see uh, Benjamin Percy tweeted about a top-secret project that he will be announcing soon for Marvel. Um, and of course, as we will discuss later on the episode, he you know, wrote the Wolverine Long Night podcast and of course the comic book adaptation. So I'm wondering if maybe that's that's going to be his announcement as a new Wolverine ongoing. So I guess we will we will see when that comes out. But um, yeah. So anyway, uh, not to get get bogged down in those kinds of details because we got a lot of comics to talk about, starting with X twenty three number eleven. This is Dear Gabby Part One. Written by Mariko Tamaki. Pencils by Diego Tagui, I think. Uh, inks by Walden Wong. Colors by Chris O'Halloran. Letters by VCs Corey Pennant. Woohoo. And cover by Ashley Witter. This is a pretty good cover. Um, I can't tell if that's supposed to be like the, the old X-Mansion in the background. It's a really like fancy walkway up to a faded out house like the, as it fades into white and Gabby is walking down away from the reader uh, glancing over her shoulder back towards the reader and Laura is standing in the foreground with her arms crossed uh, claws out on one hand I guess just so we know who she is <laughs> um, there's really no reason for her to have her claws out but uh, she's standing there looking down Eyes half closed, very dejected looking. Obviously, some some strife between our two main characters, um, and so we kind of start off with now. 
and Laura is all alone in their apartment and trying to figure out where it all went wrong. She's like, man, I suck at this thing. And then we go back to just a brief, a scant, if you will, four hours earlier. And we have Gabby and Laura, Laura on a mission uh, in New Jersey to shut down a genetics place. Gabby's not really into it. They're arguing with each other. She's obviously got kind of a burr in her, or a bee in her bonnet. Um, but they're not really talking about it. They're just kind of snapping at each other. Um, she goes off kind of half-cocked. Um, they end up fighting a bunch of security guards. Um, there is a pretty cool, this will be a nomination for Snick of the Year, I'm sure, uh, where Laura's like, ready? And they both do a double snit, and Gabby's like, obviously. And it's kind of frowning at Laura. Um, and so there's a really cool page of them, a double page spread, really, of them fighting through the guards. Uh, the art continues to be great in this book. Um, Gabby ties them up with a duck, duck, goose. Then some more alarms go off. And Laura's like, we gotta go. And Gabby's like, no, um, I, I smell something. I want to check it out. And Laura's like, what? Like, we got what we need. And Gabby says, you have what you need. And she runs off. Um, so Laura uh, jumps out the window. Or no, Gabby, I'm sorry. Throws the sofa and jumps out the window. Because there's trucks leaving. And she's going to catch them. So they, they fall out. Gabby's running after them. Laura decides to chase as well. Of course, they get away. Um, and Laura's like, what are you doing? And Gabby said it smelled like her, like us. Of course, there's still some uh, unresolved difference of opinion in how they handled Assassin X. Um, so they go home and they fight some more. And Jonathan the Wolverine is kind of like, what's going on? There's a, a nice double-page spread. When they're yelling at each other, Jonathan's sitting on the sofa. The uh, the pelican statue is on the bookshelf. And she's like, what's wrong with you? And Gabby's like, you're bossing me around. You don't ask my opinion. We're not a team. You just tell me what to do, and I don't like what you're doing. I want to try to save these clones. You just want to destroy everything. And Laura's like, they're just weapons. And then Gabby starts crying. Um, inherent to the conversation, the piece that Laura seems to be missing is that yeah, maybe a lot of these clones are evil and they need to stop the programs, but had she stopped all of them, there wouldn't even be a Gabby to begin with. And I think she's not really thinking about it from that perspective. Obviously, Gabby is probably considered that. Like, why? what if we find another Gabby? Or what if we find another person to be part of our family? And Laura's like, no. Um, and so Gabby leaves. She packs her stuff and puts Jonathan on a leash and, and heads off. And Laura's like, no one really... What? Yeah, <laughs> taking my Wolverine and going. Um, so Laura has a little inner monologue here about you know Alchemax and the X-Men taught me how to survive. They taught me how to cut things into pieces, how to be alone. And now I don't know what to do. And there's something in the shadows as Gabby leaves. I guess we'll find out next issue. Um, it's actually a pretty strong issue as far as the writing. And the art is amazing. Um, Diego and Chris O'Halloran make a great looking book. I don't even think that it's necessarily out of character for Laura to be so daft. But... I guess my only argument, my only detriment to the whole book is it maybe feels like Laura's character has regressed a little bit from where it ended with Tom Taylor. Because one of the things we talked about when this book first switched over to the new volume and that uh, the, Denise and I were both pretty giddy that uh, Mariko Tamaki kind of gave it her own spin, but it still sounded like the Laura and Gabby we knew from All New Wolverine, right? Like, the voices seem to continue. And it seems that Laura maybe has backtracked a little bit, and some of the personal progress she made in All New Wolverine is not there anymore. It's not, like, bad, like, major steps backwards. 
So this is not unreasonable, but it just seems like Laura would be closer to the page that Gabby is on. Not that they'd be like exactly the same, but I think I always feel like we've gone to pre, really even back to like pre-death of Logan, Laura, just so we can make sure we have this nice conflict between Laura and Gabby. I'm just not, I don't know. I don't know. It's a nitpicky thing about the character development. But the writing, the dialogue is really strong. The action's nice. It's a really good book. I'll see kind of where it goes. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the story would be if, if Laura was more like in a better place and had, had gone through all the work on her interpersonal relationships and stuff, stuff like that. But, um, Anyway, I guess overall, I'll still give it 5 out of 6 claws, but it's just that one kind of nagging thought that I want to see how it, how it plays out. So, next up is Wolverine Infinity Watch, number 3. Written by Gary Duggan, art by Andy McDonald, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by VCs Corey Pennant. Woohoo. Covered by Giuseppe Kevin Coley, Roberto Poggi, and Dean White. And it's a pretty cool cover. We have Logan in the foreground, his claws beginning to pop. And then in the flying up from behind is a, a talon, or a, I'm sorry, a raptor, uh, one of the Dark Hawk people, um, with their metallic, not quite Wolverine claws on each hand. Um, an interesting visual. Uh, it was funny. I was just listening to um, the uh, Resurrections Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, the episode where Al and his brother uh, talk about the Infinity Countdown stuff, their, their first episode on that. And uh, Al's brother commented that, why do the Darkhawks have Wolverine claws? <laughs> and I never, I mean, I kind of, I think Al's answer was because the 90s. Um, <laughs> and that definitely makes sense. But, uh, but especially seeing them together, it makes it even kind of more obvious that there's definitely some... Uh, some the Darkhawks, or the... I'm sorry, the Raptors are definitely biting on Wolverine style. Um, but it's a pretty good cover nonetheless. So, there you go. So we start off in Asgard at the end of time and Phoenix, Wolverine, and Grandpa King Thor are having some mead, internal mead, and looking at the book of, of history and seeing whether things change or not. And then we go back to a giant boot, I guess in Texas, though I don't know where this is. Do you know where the giant boot is, like in the desert? Isn't there one in West Texas or something that's like a giant boot building? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen this. But but they were in Texas last issue, so I would assume they're either still in Texas or or maybe New Mexico. This could be a New Mexico thing. Well, yeah, there's like the Cadillac Ranch, but you know, I don't know what this is. There's also the big, dino, the big green dinosaur, but... I don't know. Anyway, Logan's buying some beer, and him and Loki are in their flying ship. Um, and he's like, all right, well, I got beer. We ran this Shatari off. I guess we're good, right? And Loki's like, no, we need to find out. We need to find this, uh, what's his name, Hector? Is that his name? Uh, yeah, Hector Bautista. So they're going to find him because he still has the Infinity Stone and the Raptors ran off with him and they need to track him down. Um, Loki smells the beer and calls it, says, I wouldn't feed this swill to swine. <laughs> um, and so Thor's, or Wolverine, uh, Logan's like, well, hey, we need help finding these guys. Call Thor. And he's like, um, busy. Uh, so they go to Doctor Strange's house and they get Bats the ghost dog and he's going to, because he's a bloodhound. <laughs> and, and so 
uh, he's going to track down the raptors for him reluctantly. And <laughs> Logan's like, wait, is this a dead dog? <laughs> um, and, of course, Bass is like, well, why don't you ask your friend here how I got dead? <laughs> Logan's like, you killed a dog? <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so... You know, they get them on board because they have beer in a spaceship. There's a really fun panel of them flying and the ghost dog with his head over the bow like a dog out out the window of a car. Um, very cool as he's howling through space. Um, and Logan pours him some beer and a little like... Oh, it's so Loki's helmet. That's funny. I didn't realize that. It's one of Loki's little helmets. Um, not the one with the big horns, but the little one. Um... And Bats is like, that's not really sanitary. And Wolverine's like, if you don't drink it, I will. And so Bat starts drinking it. Um, so they, they argue a little bit. Um, Logan says that Loki's become predictable, that he lies all the time, and so Logan doesn't really believe him. Yeah, and then Loki says, you cursed drunken dwarf. The banter between Logan and Loki is pretty fantastic and this book can go as long as I want it to because I'm enjoying the heck out of it um anyway we go to the raptors they've made it almost to Saturn by now and they're trying to torture old Hector um to find the stone and he's like wait what's I don't know what what you're talking about and he goes sometimes I just kind of speed up time right and um or stop time and the raptors are like that's all you can do stop time he's like well yeah and they're like why don't you go forward or backwards and he goes I didn't know I could I never tried um but then our heroes show up Logan comes in claws ablazing uh, Loki is stabbing things with knives uh Bats is just kind of running around he's like this is awesome um so we get a great page of that um, the Raptors versus Logan is pretty awesome. He gets stabbed by one of the Raptors' claws. Um, we get a cool panel of him going berserk. It's all in red, just cutting the Raptors to pieces. And then more just keeps showing up. And, um, so he's, he's, it's funny, like his jacket's all tore up. It's now a short sleeve shirt. Um, <laughs> but he decides, you know what? I can't fight you all. I don't want to. He goes, this is going to suck as he runs down the wall, digging his claws into the wall, and then he stabs himself in the forearm with a snick through his arm into the wall and into the airlock, and the hole that he cut in the side of the ship opens up, and all the raptors fly out into space, and Logan's like, I think I can survive this. And of course he does. And then he comes out and then all the raptors come back inside and go, you know, we can survive in space too. And like, oh, come on. Because <laughs> guess I'll do it the hard way. Um, and they inject him out the airlock this time and he goes into space. And uh, Talonar sees him floating by and he goes, um, Hector, is that your rescue squad? <laughs> but then Nova shows up because Talonar is his brother, but Talonar recognizes it's just Loki as a trick. And um, Hector's like, please save me. And the bat shows up. But Logan and Loki are captured by the raptors. And they have an idea. So Loki goes home to the Ryder house to see Rich, Rich's mom um, as a Nova Corps guy. Or no, wait. I don't know. I don't know who this is, actually. His hair makes him look kind of like Loki, but Loki's still captured. But someone... Yeah, it is. Oh, yes. Okay, sorry. Because Loki teleports away after Logan gets captured. Sorry. Um, and yeah, so he dresses like a Nova again and goes to see the Nova's moms because he's going to get the real Richard Rider since his mirage was seen through. Um... 
So the art in this book is amazing. I know I got a little jumbled on my synopsis there, but the story is really fun. I mean, it's great. Um, Loki and Logan together are a great odd couple. And then you throw in Bats the ghost dog, and it's it's pretty. It's, it's way cooler than it would sound if you just say it like that. But um, it's just it's a, this has been a great great series so far. Um, I think it's just like five issues, so we're a little over halfway done. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I would definitely give Wolverine Infinity Watch number three six out of six claws because I'm really just digging the heck out of it. Alright, so now to something I'm not enjoying as much. Um, we have Hulk Marines Part 3 of 3. This is written by Greg Pock, art by Ario and Indito, colors by Maury Hollowell, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the cover is by Greg Land, Jay, shh, listen, and Frank Diamarta. And on the cover we have Everybody's a Hulk Marine. Everybody. No pants are safe, it says. <laughs> I just caught that. I didn't even catch that the first time I read this. So under the Hulk Marines title, there's a little parentheses that says, No pants are safe. That may be the best part about this whole comic. Um, so on the cover we have in the foreground, we see looking from behind Weapon H's perspective. And then we have a Wolverine Hulk and a Holt Wolverine charging at him, so there's lots and lots of, of green and lots and lots of claws. Um, it's not a great cover. Hulk, er, Holt out Wolverine's face and hair is a little too weird. But anyway, remember the leader is trying to track down with Dr. Alba, Weapon H, but Logan and, and Bruce also found him. And they're in their undersea base and they're leaving to try to find the leader. Um, I actually say these first couple of pages are actually not bad. It's everyone in the car, the underwater SUV, and they're talking about family and and Clay as Weapon H is like, you know, these guys are both heroes, but they're motivated by different things. Um, you know, Bruce is is motivated by um, anger. And one of the one of his kids goes Hulk smash, <laughs> and uh, Wolverine's motivated by vengeance? Question mark He says, and Bruce says, Nah, he's just cranky. <laughs> and on point, Logan goes, Shut up. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, but Clay is resolved that like he he's dealt you know been motivated motivated by all these things before, but now he's motivated by love and protecting his family and. And Logan and, and Bruce both kind of side eye him, and a little bit jealous, probably of of his family unit. Um, that's a pretty good like first few pages um, with some personality and some character. And then they come up, and one of the leaders' super adaptoid thing. No, sorry, humanoids. Different adaptoids are different. Humanoids shows up and smashes the car. Uh, Weapon H saves them, but he runs off with. Bruce and Logan um and Weapon H is like okay well my family's safe that's my main objective let's go but his kids are like but but they're they're heroes and your friends you can't leave them and he's like ugh what are you gonna do when your son calls you out so he goes to find them but it's too late back at Shadow Base the leader and Dr. Alba have injected them with nanites to make them both Hulk Marines. I think this concept would be really cool when I was nine years old. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not into it. And the art's not that great. Uh, basically, the Hulk Marines attack a nuclear facility as the leader and Dr. Alba watch. The Avengers show up and they're about to go in, but they're like, oh, the radiation. But then Weapon H shows up and says, I can handle it. And he does a big old snick where his pops his claws and his little spikes pop out of his back. And he goes in to fight, and they all fight. Lots of fighty fight, lots of stabby stab. Uh, Hulk, the Hulk Marine Logan version, uh, Hot Claws are back. So there those are. Um, really been absent from everything else since Return of Wolverine. But here, here they are. Um, so I don't know. I, I didn't really read much Weapon H. 
is shooting his claws? Is that a new thing? The leaders seem surprised. I don't know if the reader is supposed to be surprised or not. But anyway, he cannot just pop his claws. He can actually pop them out and shoot them like a like a dagger. Um, it's kind of cool, like, I guess. Um, anyway, so I guess as quickly as they turn them on, the leader can turn the Hulk Marines off. So Bruce and Logan turn back to normal. And they try to put the nanites on the Weapon H to get them back under their control. But he's like, no, what's wrong here? I've had some version of these nanites in me the whole time. I've kind of learned to control them. So what you just did was a waste of time. And then they teleport away because they're scared. The Avengers show up and say, thanks, guys. And then everybody kind of goes about their business. There's a funny little part at the end where uh, Logan's like, when's the last time you had a beer, Bruce? And he's like, probably the last time we fought. He goes, damn, man, we should fight more often. And then they go to the bar, and then the leader's like, oh, what a waste. I can't believe they're so human and emotional, but then he turns around and makes out with Dr. Alba, because they're in love. Um, yeah, the art in this book is not great. The, the story, I don't, I'm just not into it. Like I said, like, just the conceit of like, oh, what if Hulk and, what if Hulk got claws and Wolverine hulked out, and then there's another guy who's a combination of them, and the three of them all fight. Uh, we need a story to go around that. I don't know. It's, it might have appealed to me at a younger age. I, I, I'm sure if I showed it to Ollie, he'd be like, oh, cool. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I, I hate, that sounds really dumb, like I'm trying to be all super sophisticated. I'm not, but, um, I, don't know, I just, just didn't do much for me. Um, so I'm going to give Hulk Marines number three, two out of six claws. Alright, next up is Marvel Comics Presents number four. Um, our Wolverine story is The Vigil Part 4. Our cover is by Art Adams again. Uh, we have Spider-Man, Wolverine, and uh, Declan Chalvey's version of Moon Knight in the all-white business suit. It's pretty rad. Um, it's a pretty cool cover. So we have The Sigil Part 4 written by Charles Soule. Penciled by Paolo Siquiera, inks by Oren Jr., colors by Frank Diamarta, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And we start off in the 70s. So remember last time we left off, Sylvie had seduced Logan in the 60s after they had beaten the demon that time. She's like, hey, why don't we get to know each other, hang out? And then she seduced him. And we don't really know what happened. She went home and said, I did it. But now, we're, here we are ten years later, and she has a family. Um, I, as a reader, can't help but wondering, are one of those kids Logan's from that night of passion? But but she's with somebody else now. Um, and I can't tell if it's a husband or boyfriend. doesn't really matter. Um, it looks like a husband. They have wedding rings on, I think. There's wedding rings in the art. So yeah, so husband and wife. Um, and she she's having a nightmare, and that's how she knows that the demon is coming back on its 10-year cycle. And she's like, sorry, husband, ex, I gotta go. And he's like, do you have to? And she's like, yeah, but this is the last time. We're gonna get him for good this time. I've, I've been, been practicing really hard on my magic stuff. And he's like, okay, well, we'll will he be there? And she's like, yeah, he has to be. He's the protector. I, I do the spells. He protects me. It's part of the, the package. Um, but don't worry about it. That was ten years ago. You're my heart now, darling, she says. So go back to sleep soon if you can. The children will be awake soon, and I'll be back soon as well. So we go to New York City, where we know it's the 70s based on the uh, facial hair of the patrons. <laughs> uh, Logan is at the bar having some drinks. Sylvie teleports in with a shroom. And she's like, Logan! He's like, again? She's like, yep, again. And it's funny, because he goes, I'm guessing you don't want to talk about how we left it last time back in Paris. And she's like, not really. He's like, alright, well that's fine. And he tells the bartender, keep my tab open. So this time the demon is in Bangladesh. There's a tropical storm. 
uh, that was the deadliest in human history and he always comes back at the worst moment that he tries to find um, an interesting tidbit that Charles Soule throws in here you know because with Marvel there's always that sliding historical timeline right where you know yeah the comics originally came out in the 60s but obviously we haven't had 50 years of story time so what used to be in the 60s is now maybe in the 80s right and that timeline kind of always slides up it just be a certain time before now not necessarily tied to a certain date but as this story takes place in the 70s and with characters like Logan and Captain America who don't really age the same way they can be tied to certain things in history because they can just be that old and it's no big deal but I thought it was interesting because um, the story in the 70s they, they comment about how he has the metal claws now so this is after Weapon X so at least in Charles' soul mind we're saying that regardless of how the timeline slides the Weapon X for sure happened and not only that but that he was able to kind of get his stuff back together you know, which if you go through his whole history means like finding the Hudson or being found by the Hudsons and, and starting Alpha Flight stuff or at least at least Department H stuff and all that all in the 70s, which makes some of that history a little hard. But anyway, that's, that's what they decided to do. And when you look at real time, obviously, um, you know, Wolverine came around in 74, so... In, in no time he would have had Metal Claws by then anyway but anyway it's just it's weird that he got, he's pointing that out uh, that they're metal now instead of bone but the demon shows up and um he's got a new plan instead of fighting them head on or letting them attack him he's going to make them have a choice as you can either fight me or save all those people about to be crushed by the tidal wave. And Logan's like, you gotta save them. She's like, I can't. I mean, I could. My magic can stop that, but I won't have enough left to fight the demon. Um, you know, we can't put... It's a lot of lives. Like, I can't deny that, but we can't put them all, as many as they are, above the whole world. Like, it just doesn't balance. And she's like, well... What if, what if I go down there? If you send me down there, I can save as many people as I can while you fight the demon. She's like, yeah, I've been practicing. <laughs> so I got this. So she zaps him down to the coastline to help people as she fights the demon and is pretty confident and things are going pretty well. Uh, Logan is cutting his way through barriers and helping people and, and slicing up logs and walls and anything in his way to help people get away. Um, and Sylvie is fighting the demon and she has him contained in a magic ball and she feels pretty good about herself and then suddenly out of nowhere a giant long demon arm comes out of the ball and stabs her through the gut and then pulls her back in and it, the portal magic portal closes and Logan's like no um so again, art and colors on this is amazing. Uh, Paula Secure doing a great job, especially with facial expressions. I gotta say, this story's growing on me. Um, and there's more about kind of the personality and the conversation, and less about just Wolverine fighting a demon. And plus, I really like the demon, you know, giving them kind of Sophie's choice. And then, you know, kind of the, the overconfidence of the... Of the uh, magician or the the witch or whatever she is um i don't know it's, it appealed to me a lot more than like say chapter one of this story so i'm actually going to give this um i think i like went if i remember right my first three i was like two two three or maybe two three four but this is a five this is five out of six claws for me so we'll see if soul can continue to keep this going though i think it's like several more chapters <laughs> i think in the in the latest previews i saw that number seven is still the sigil i'm sorry i mean the vigil um so anyway just real quick also in here we have a spider-man story where he goes to see star wars um written, or drawn by Prey perez uh so that was interesting because i like seeing his art 
and seeing him draw Spider-Man was cool. Um, then there's a uh, Benjamin Percy and Juan Ferreira Moon Knight story. Uh, it's a nice little self-contained story. Um, some pretty cool visuals, pretty cool art stuff. Uh, Ferreira does does good stuff with Moon Knight and kind of that muted color palette. Um, yeah, so all in all, a pretty good issue. So that is going to take us... Yeah, just keep trucking along, right? Um, still got several books to talk about. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep it moving here. Um, next up, we have Dead Man Logan, number 6 out of 12. Written by Ed Brisson. Art by Mike Henderson. Colors by Nolan Woodard. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And cover by Declan Shalvey. And on the cover we have, of course, a continued blood dripping down the title. The blood is now completely covered. Dead man L and O and is dripping down the G of Logan. And then we have a red, like, that kind of like the typical, like, two faces split in half. On one side it's red, regular Logan with metal claws. And on the other side, half of the middle claws bone. We have kind of a sepia-toned old man Logan with, his, of course, his bad eye. Um, and then the other claw, bone claw. What? What? Sepia? Yeah. I don't care. Sepia? I'm from Texas. Um, so anyway, uh, we can go to San Francisco where Logan is meeting Steve, but this is old man Logan. And, um, he sees Captain America, thanks him for not killing him after almost killing him. <laughs> um, basically says, you know, everything I tried to prevent, I almost brought about, because uh, I was so blinded by trying to keep my future past from happening that I almost killed all you guys. And Steve's like, nah, it's, it's cool, I get it. Um, but yeah, so he's glad to have the conversation. They shake hands. Um, Steve tells him, be safe. And old man Logan sniffs something. And it's not just his own old man farts. It's something else. Um, we go to Vancouver. Where Mariko goes into her apartment. She pulls out her silver samurai sword. And is about to stab the intruder, but it's this old man Logan on the sofa with the beer. And she's like, Logan, what are you doing here? I could have killed you. He's like, oh, I bet you didn't. And she says, if you don't put a coaster under that beer, I still might. <laughs> so Logan remembers, you know, Mariko was his first love. Maybe in another life they would have ended up together, but of course she died. But now she's back, and then... He's dead, or the Logan of this place is dead, and, but he has a wife in his future past, so it's, it's all kind of a bunch of blurred lines there. Um, but he needs her help. He doesn't want to drag her back into the life at all. It's not what he's trying to do. But he has found Maureen, which, of course, will grow up to be his wife in the wastelands. And he says, he's just a kid. I don't want you to do anything necessarily just keep an eye on her protect her uh, there's some bad stuff that happens to her later just maybe keep keep it from happening and let her have a better life than the life she's going to end up having with me um can you do that and she's like yeah i will do my best for you um it's really interesting because she asked him well, why can't the x-men do this like why can't you have you know one of them do it and he says, because I loved you at one time and you loved me. And you know the price that comes with that. And I think that you more than anyone would want to save someone from that same grief. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and they hug it out and he leaves and he sniffs again. And he's like, I know you're there. You're following me. Let's go to the pub. I'll see you there. And so he gets there. He orders two beers. And... Our Logan shows up in a really cool jacket. Uh, it's like a yellow and black. Almost, um... 
almost like a J.J. Abrams Star Trek vibe to the jacket. Um, anyway, he meets uh, Old Man Logan for a beer. Says this probably isn't a good idea, but hey, you know, I'm back. You're back. Let's let's talk about it. So they order two more beers, um, and they just kind of wanted to see each other. <laughs> I guess Logan's like, I heard there was an old version of me running around. I had to see it for myself. And he says, how'd you find me? I'm good at finding people. Oh, by the way, so that's a callback, because earlier, um, I think Mariko asked Old Man Logan the same thing. She's like, how'd you find me? He says, I'm good at finding people. So they <laughs> obviously have the same kind of things they say. Um, and it's funny because Old Man Logan here says, oh, wow, that really does make me sound like a jackass. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, and so, you know, Logan, young Logan, just wanted to make sure that it was the real deal and not some clone or an LMD or Mystique. <laughs> You know, but he's like, but you smell right to me, and if you're a fake, you're a damn good one. Um, and old man Lewis says the same thing. You're you're real as well. So I'm really from the future. You're really back from the dead. Uh, what does that make us? Um, old man Logan intentionally doesn't tell him anything about the future. Kind of some some uh, Back to the Future type stuff. You can't know anything. It'll mess it up. And Logan's like, that bad, huh? And he goes, well, we're not going to have the same futures, yours and mine. They're different, right? And it's probably safer if you don't know. And, of course, Logan's like, I can handle myself. And Logan's like, I'm not worried about you. Um, and then kind of go back and forth a little bit. But Logan, it's just funny because old man Logan doesn't want to change what he did to have his family but he also knows how it turns out in the end so his only advice to his younger self is when you get older and find someone you care so deeply about you're willing to die for them when you think you'll settle down be careful you can settle down but never stop fighting never put your claws away and stop fighting for the things you care about because then you'll lose it and right on cue someone starts a bar fight and Logan's like, speaking of fighting, should we? And old man Logan says, we'll never get another chance. And so they both get a double snicked and an awesome panel by Mike, Mike Henderson as they jump into the fray. Uh, seems like six, 12 claws out for a bar fight might be a little extreme. But anyway, they do it. So old man Logan then goes back to Forge's lab and he's ready to go home. So he says all his goodbyes to, to Glob and Jubilee and Cecilia Reyes and Ford, who he's formed close bonds with. Um, says goodbye to Hawkeye, who makes him give him a hug. Um, <laughs> and he hugs Glob, and then he goes back to the wastelands. And the thing closes behind him, so he's back home for good. And that's where we're going to pick up next time. So, as always, the art on this is freaking amazing. Um, and this story was really good. I actually really enjoyed the, the meeting and the interaction between Old Man Logan and, and regular Logan. It was, it was a lot of fun. So, I'm going to give Dead Man Logan uh, six, uh, six out of six claws. I'm just loving this book. It's so good. Um, everything... Old Man Logan towards the end should have been. <laughs> and But now we have it. So there you go. Okay, so next up. Gosh. Um, you know what? I'm going to change my order here a little bit. Um, I'm going to go to Invaders number four. This is written by Chip Zardaski. Zardarski. Sorry. Art by Carlos Magno and Butch Geis, colors by Alex Guimareas, letters by VCs Travis Lanham, and the cover is by Geis Romulo Fajardo Jr. And the cover is Namor Professor X standing in front of some water with kind of a history of Namor's costumes flying behind them. So what we find here is kind of a secret history of, of Namor and uh, the family that he's been staying with protecting 
uh, is finally convinced that he's not on the right path anymore. So they tell him what happened, how they first knew of him. And um, their dad or grandpa was one of the original invaders, helped fight with them, and Namor would come visit. Uh, and they even named their son Roman, which is Namor backwards. Which is funny because Namor has his name because it's Roman backwards. But anyway, uh, Zadarsky having a little fun with that. But he talks about how there was that time after Namor fought that one guy in the Silver Age where he kind of lost some memories. And then that time Professor X was trying to find mutants and he tracked Namor down and they decided to track mutants down together and they're kind of running around finding different mutants. And one of the ones we see is in the Canadian woods and Logan has climbed up a tree to avoid them. <laughs> and that's, that's our, our Wolverine cameo. And then they go to try to find some, this cat guy, but he gets shot at the end, and Namor gets really mad and says this is fruitless. Um, Professor X tries to help him, but it doesn't really work, and he gets his amnesia, and kind of goes back to where the, this, the Fantastic Four first found him back in the 60s. Um, but yeah, uh, this story's been pretty fun. Um, the art's pretty good. Um, I'm really more interested in like the modern day implications of, of Namor kind of being a little unhinged and attacking the surface world and Captain America and Bucky trying to stop him um, and this background story I mean it was cool to try to tie everything together but don't know if it was really all that great um, I would give this 3 out of 6 claws Alright, so Major X number two, the new Liefeld book set in the 90s. Um, this one is written by Rob Liefeld, has a different artist. This time it's Brent Peoples on pencils, Scott Hanna on inks, Romulo Fajardo Jr. on colors, VCs Joe Sabino on letters, and Liefeld and Fajardo Jr. did the cover, which has Wolverine standing there, claws out. Major X standing there, guns up, and Cable standing in the back, uh, looking like Cable. Alright, so remember that Cable's son, Alexander Summers, comes back from another future, the existence, and it is gone to poop, and he's coming back to try to save it as Major X. Um... We get some more insight into the utopia he left behind. A guy that kind of looks like Strife. Um, has a Strife-like helmet or just a Liefeldian helmet. Anyway. Um, so there's this conflict between like the mutants of the time. Oh, so we find out there was this war. And the Essential uh, kind of opened a portal to this new planet. And he took a bunch of mutants and a bunch of Atlanteans to this planet and they set up like a new kingdom and kind of lived in peace. But the Atlanteans are starting to feel kind of left out. And there's kind of a callback to these uh, guys. Um, oh, these Atlantis-like special forces that Liefeld invented during his New Mutants annual of Atlantis attacks. And I'm sure they've popped up here and there since then. But I don't, I've never really seen them. So it's cool to kind of see them again. Um, anyway, they're not happy with how things are going and they threaten and then the next day is when the essential disappears so that's when Alex and, and Beast go back in time and now they're talking to Cable and Wolverine and they, they body slide away to find um, some of Cable's like bases but one of those has been attacked by an Atlantis guy and so they, they fight through that um, but then the base blows up. So Wolverine's not really in this that much in this issue. He was more in the first one. Um, I gotta say, don't mind this art at all. Um, you know, I didn't bag too hard on Liefeld's art in the first one, but this may be it's a little bit different. Um, but it's not bad art. The story kind of, kind of goes nowhere kind of fast and I don't really care about it. Um, so I'm going to give Major X 
Number two, two out of six claws. Okay, so that's going to take us. It's time now to talk about War of the Realms. We're going to talk about War of the Realms number two and War of the Realms War, Skull, War Scrolls. Uh, the parchments, not the scrolls, the aliens. Um, number one. So War of the Realms number two. Written by Jason Aaron. Drawn by Russell Dodderman. Colored by Matthew Wilson. Lettered by V.C.'s Josephino. Covered by Art Adams and Matthew Wilson. This is chapter two, The Midgard Massacre. And on the cover, we have Wolverine and Punisher front and center. Um flanked by a Valkyrie and Doctor Strange on top of a pile of Malachist forces. So in this one we have another Bats the Ghost Dog. Um, they're helping people get into the Sanctum. Jane is is getting refugees into Doctor Strange's house where they're going to teleport them all away. Uh, Punisher and Wolverine run into each other. Um, Punisher shooting a bunch of dark elves up. He's about to get caught by the back, but we get a nice snicked through the chest um, as Logan saves Punisher, and they fight together. There is fu a funny part here where Punisher says, Wolverine, heard you were dead. <laughs> Logan says, nah, just really drunk for a long time. How have things been with you, Frank? And he says, I'm reloaded. And Logan's like, right, good catching up. And so then they, they go about fighting. Um, of course, our Avengers are also fighting. Um, and really, there's just there's a lot of fighting in this book. It's not bad. There's some good, like, Jason Aaron witticisms uh, with the characters. But right just in time to turn the tide, Odin shows up with a bunch of Valkyries. Um, so you think that's going to be a good thing, right? And our heroes continue to fight back the forces of evil. Um, and Valkyrie, I'm sorry, Odin finds Lafay, king of the frost giants, and they fight some more. And Jane gets on a Valkyrie horse. Um, and Doctor Strange is trying to work his magic to get everybody out of New York. Like, like everybody out of New York. Malekith is on a flying white tiger, and he fights Valkyrie, who throws Jane to the side. Um, and Doctor Strange is able to teleport most of the people away. Um, we kind of get set up for like the next round of miniseries. Um, there's going to be a team with Luke Cage and Logan and Iron Fist um, who are going to go and and do some stuff. Um, you know, Logan took a I'm sorry, Odin took a beating. Um, and Jane sees the news of the Valkyries have been slaughtered and she's like we should have gone back um, and we see our, our main Valkyrie uh, apparently is decapitated so that's pretty brutal and that's where we end so the art is really great it is a big fight issue and kind of feels like I mean all we're missing in this last scene is like and go read where Captain Marvel goes and War of the Realms dot 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 and go see where Logan goes and War of the Realms dot 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 go see where Daredevil you know we don't have those editor captions but that's really all we're missing um I don't know I mean the art's really strong the, the story's fine I mean it continues to move along the pace I'm really into this the War of the Realms in general as kind of the climax of of Jason Aaron's Marvel output. Um, I'm going to give this issue probably five out of six claws. Um, I feel pretty good about that. I did enjoy Wolverine catching up with uh, Punisher. Um, Alright, so War Scrolls number one is a, it's a kind of anthology book. So we have a good, a cool Daredevil story by Jason Aaron, Andrea Sorrentino, and Matthew Wilson. There's a Warriors 3 or 4 story by Josh Trujillo, Ricardo Lopez Ortiz, and Felipe Sobriero. And then Wolverine and Punisher and Nice Shot Frank, written by Ram V, drawn by Cafu, or Cafu, I think, and colored by Brian Reaver. And then there's the Howard the Duck, 
won by Chip Zdarsky and Joe Kionis and Rico Renzi. Okay. And then there's a note that does say read War of the Realms number two before this issue. Because you need to know where Daredevil's going, because he's going to go. And we see the first time he met Thor way back in the day, and he's like, You're not God. I know God. Um, but then he ends up getting some godlike powers. He has, like, Odin's sight. Uh, Sorrentino is still an artistic badass, um, and Daredevil fights his way through some frost giants and even has to try to save the Kingpin who actually takes a heroic turn he will not abandon New York that's why he gets captured he's like I will not leave my city um and then the Warriors three stories is fun it also involves cloak and dagger um but then our Wolverine story Wolverine and Punisher really takes off right from that scene in War of the Realms number two um we see Frank Punisher getting attacked by the Dark Elves and Logan's going to go help him. And but then this time, Frank returns the the thing. So there's a part where Wolverine's saving some kids and he's cutting down some Dark Elves and a, a troll or something is about to attack him from behind. And this girl throws a rock and hits the troll in the head and he dies. And Logan's like, nice shot, kid. And tells her to, to help save her friend. And the kid goes back, and when they get to Doctor Strange's house and tells their parents, I saved Wolverine! And it's a pretty fun little story, because, of course, we go back to the alleyway, and Logan's standing there over the body, and Frank walks out of the shadows, and he's like, What? I don't get a nice shot, Frank? No, thanks for saving my behind, Frank? And he says, Actually, I was thinking you're swiping, Frank. Almost with that troll getting me. You getting sloppy, bub? He says, you did, you did just return from the dead, Logan. Figured you got one troll covered. And Logan's about to say something, and he stops. And he's like, yeah, of course. And they walk off. And so what we find out then is that Frank timed his shot so that when the kid's rock hit him between the eyes, Frank shot him from the back of the head, and that's what killed him. So the girl thinks that she killed him like David and Goliath style with the rock, but really it was a Punisher shooting him. I mean, it's sweet that they let the girl like have her heroic moment and kind of go about their business. Um, and then the Howard of the Duck story is uh, they save a dog or a husky at a dog park because the frost giants are, are pooping and peeing all over the dog park. I can't tell if this is Aunt May. I think it is. I don't know. Anyway, um, and the Daredevil story is really good. The Wolverine story was kind of sweet. Uh, I give this whole book overall uh, probably four out of six claws. Um, all right, last book. We're here, guys. Uh, Wolverine: The Long Night, number four, the um, adaptation of the serial podcast, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Marcio Takara, colors by Matt Mia, letters by Mises Joe Caramagna covered by Raphael Albuquerque and Raphael Albuquerque continues to make some of the best Wolverine covers of the year. Uh, this one is all white and blue, kind of a northerny light looking thing. We have in the background like a big Wolverine with his claws out and in the foreground like coming out of his shadow like a forest and then a little Wolverine walking through the forest. Um, so I won't go over this too much basically it's a part of the podcast where the cult steals all the light bulbs our agents are trying to figure out what happened because they they find the bear and they check his digestive system and there's lots of stuff the bears normally eat but none of the humans that he's been blamed for eating so there's still something amiss and they know that wolverine's getting help from somebody i'm sorry logan getting help from somebody then we, we meet a kid who tells about how his mom was attacked in their trailer by this monster with all the claws. So obviously then we're, we're still kind of thinking possibly Logan. Um, and then we, we get all this talk about ley lines and we learn about the caves. So our agents go and find like this big like skeleton burial ground place and figure well if there are drugs and these caves connect everywhere so maybe 
the fishing boats bring the drugs in and they're, sh they're shipped somewhere else under the caves um, and we find out that Logan and her friend are trying to stop them um, and that's their plan and then um, they do they, they go and bust up a supply chain place we get some good Logan action with some claws so this art's really good the story's pretty much the same as the podcast um, so I'll give it a 4 out of 6 claws um, whew, that's a lot um, <laughs> but that's it we're done that's all the Logan and Wolverine and X-23 you can handle for April 2019. So, if I did my timing right, you're going to get this and the episode with Georgie and Dan all at the same time. So you'll have two episodes in your feed at once. So enjoy that little end of April. Kind of making up for going so long between episodes. Um, I don't know what will be next for sure. Um, next flashback is when Wolverine meets Cable. Um, and then as far as new issues and stuff, um, we'll, we'll be getting into May and all the stuff that comes in May. So um, anyway, hope you enjoyed the episode as always for the podcast that goes Nicked. You can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. And until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked.